On today's Royals Padres crossover podcast, was the Mexico series good for baseball? Does it impact contending teams differently than non-contending teams? And should it continue? Plus, we're going to dive into the DeGrom injury. What does that do for the for the free agent market moving forward? And lessons that we've learned so far throughout the season. You are locked on Royals. Your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Royals Padres crossover. I'm Ryland Styles. Alongside me is the host of Lockdown Padres, Javier Reyes. And we're talking all about the Mexico series in which the Padres just took place in and what could be interesting to the Royals as they try to get more of a uh, prolific footprint into the whole market of the national scene of baseball. So let's just begin with Javi. The Mexico mm-hmm. series. So have mm-hmm. you been Javi? You watched the whole weekend of baseball where your mm-hmm. team was playing uh, in the Mexico series. What was that like for you? Um, it was, first of all, it was a, it was a pretty nice weekend uh, recovering from my previous week, lots of drama and whatnot, like not concerning baseball. And then I get to order my Chinese food. Very good stuff. Although I must say, uh, save some food for the next day. And then my mom burned my scallion pancakes. So that was unfortunate. Very, very, very sad. Very sad stuff. But, uh, you know, love that. And watching the whole series, and there was just a lot of fun baseball, I think, this weekend, actually. I think we got a lot of cool games. There's a lot of cool storylines for the first time in a while, and we're going to talk about them soon, as you alluded to uh, in your intro, uh, talking about DeGrom's injury. We're going to do power ranking stuff, and then this what we're doing now with this series. Um, and I enjoyed it. And it was – the Saturday game was as close to just watching, like, the end of end game that I've had in a while, like just nonstop offense, crazy nonsense all over the place. And for, in a way it had a similar vibe to Padres fans will remember that game two wild card series against the Cardinals back in 2020, where it was, you know, home run after home run in that series, it was Tatis and Machado hit one too, certainly, but then it was also Will Myers, RIP, never forgotten Will Myers, Padre tenure, love him. Uh, but that, that's kind of a little bit of a similar vibe that it had to, especially for a team that struggled with the offense. And, uh, man, it, it, it was a blast. I, I genuinely really loved it, and I think that baseball fans kind of everywhere liked it. I, I know everyone is a sucker for offense because that's just what we – you know, that's in, in all sports, that's kind of what we're in right now. But, uh, hey, man, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed uh, this weekend. It was really good stuff. So we've seen the London series. We've seen the Mexico City series. Mm-hmm. Should baseball continue? And we've seen the the the, the Ichiro series, which was incredible, uh, that took place like in the middle of spring training, but still counted as a regular season. Like mm-hmm. that was awesome. Like whenever they did that, that was like one of the coolest events I remember. Like everyone stayed up for it. Twitter was a madhouse that day yeah. celebrating the career of Ichiro, which obviously he deserved. Should baseball look to look into doing more of these? I absolutely think so, and I think. I think that it should be international stuff. I think it should be any type of little weekend game mix-ups. And my my fundamental belief is, and a lot of people were complaining, you know, oh, it was just a home run derby and they were hitting on the moon. All right, but, and, and I get that. I think that pitchers do actually have a legitimate complaint. Joe Musgrove went out there and tossed three to thirds and gave up seven runs. Like, I think there are some guys where they'd be like, 
hey, can we scratch this off? Because, look, you all saw what the Brewers did to Corbin Burns. Lord knows that arbitrators and officials and whatever are going to find a way to blame pitchers that home runs that had an expected batting average of 70, you know, like went out of the park, right? So that that I think is a, a very fair gripe. But in general, I come down the same way I come down on a lot of these things with the zombie runner, with the Field of Dreams game, is that there's 162 games in the year. It's okay. If we mix up with some, I'm sorry if it fails the purity of America's national pastime, but I, in my opinion, I just love changing it up. And for those who uh, maybe follow some of my writing <clears throat> over at JustBaseball.com, one of my ridiculous predictions this year was that MLB would announce a Sandlot game. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm crazy. Also included that article is Zach Greinke will say that he invented a new pitch. Uh, and then never actually show us or tell us about it because that's just something I feel Granky would do. But I thought that would be a lot of fun. You know what I mean? It's like a you have like that, you know, a carnival in the background. Maybe you get the pool. You know what I mean? Although that scene doesn't age as well. You know what I'm saying? With the sandlot doesn't age as well. Uh, you know what I mean? But uh, you have that. You have like a little doghouse. You have the actor who played. Um, Benny the Jet Rodriguez run across the field with a dog at the beginning of the game, have James Earl Jones announce the lineups. I just feel like baseball should get creative on top of these international games. Let's throw one in Australia. You know what I mean? You know how sick that would be? Let's throw one in in any countries, uh, like any countries we haven't before. Imagine one in Japan. Oh, my gosh. In, in Japan, or I forgot if it was the KBO or the – NPB that they had like a trophy that was a sword. <laughs> this is from a few years ago. Like there are so many creative outlets and places out there that I feel like it'd be really fun to do that. And aside from just the fact that you have a series in Mexico series, uh, Mexico city, I just think that there's a way to get really fun with this, you know, and baseball is the one that should be trying stuff like that. They should be the one doing, even if it's not always for us, we're not going to like everything, you know, like what Nickelodeon did with football where it's like, Oh, look, it's the slime. Like, I, I don't know. Is it like, is it dumb? Yeah. But I think trying dumb things in a sport that's this long and will be on essentially every day. I just don't think that that's a minus at least is like, Oh, Hey, remember that game? That was ridiculous. It was different though. You know? And that's kind of always been my take and probably forever be my take on all things concerning changing up games and venues uh, over the course of the season. I agree. I think that you're right of like, there's too many games not to switch things up. I, I think that the biggest thing for me and like my big advocacy for this is what you said of remember that game, because we've seen this with the field of dreams games. We saw this with the HRO games. Uh, you know, we saw this now with this game. If this game was played in San Diego, and you're only a fan of the Royals, you're only a fan of the Guardians, you're only a fan of the Reds, and they played a 14 to 10 game, you might check the box scores in the paper the next morning and go, oh, that must have been fun. And then you kind of move on. Like You didn't watch mm -hmm. it, you didn't care about it, you don't remember it next week. But now you're going to like look back on this and like at the end of the season go, wow, one of the best regular season games was that game in Mexico City where they just could not stop hitting home runs. Same thing with that Field of Dreams game. Like, th like that was an, an electric game, the first ever one, not, not the next one, the first ever yeah. one with Tim Anderson yeah. and all them. Like mm -hmm. if, and that was Yankees White Sox and still like it wouldn't have drawn nationally the way it did because it was a field of dreams game. And then they delivered that moment that you can remember and baseball, despite being every day, they need more moments that you can remember and you can take away from and that you can make exciting because it is every day. And it, and it does feel like, Oh, if I miss this game, I can just watch it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and Oh, if I miss this game, I can just watch tomorrow. And you keep putting it off and off and off. They need more appointment viewing and appointment like games 
um, especially for fans who have teams where they're just irrelevant from, from May 1st on. Uh, so I, I think that it's a great thing to do. Javi, you, you kind of teased this a lot in your previous answer. Top three games that you want to see happen in the same vein of Mexico City, you know, and, and, and Little League World Series and, and um, you know, the Field of Dreams game. Like, what, what avenues could MLB explore? Oh, you, you're asking the person who's a wild man. You think that I'm not down to see the craziest amounts of creativity? You play one in, in Japan. You have a, a, a statue of Goku in the outfield with a baseball bat. I don't care. See, you're already in. And I, I don't even think Ryland's a big anime guy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, it's just, it would be really cool to try that stuff out. You can play stuff in, I don't know, you can play something, even in, if it's in the United States, like there are different, Venues and ways you saw with the Field of Dreams games. I already said my suggestion for the Sandlot game. Maybe you can't do anything Major League. <laughs> you can't do anything for that movie. The, a lot of this stuff doesn't age well, including the literal name for the team in that movie. Um, but that's that's kind of my vibe. I just think it would be really cool. Heck, have one in Alaska for all I care about. Would it be would it be ridiculous? Yeah, but I'm just saying keep that energy of exploring and trying new possibilities because. I just think, you know, and this is a little bit of a stretch of an analogy, but for my perspective on these things, I've always thought that the NBA dunk contest, my favorite dunk I've ever seen is the one that Blake Griffin did. And now some people are saying, yeah, but anyone, it's not that impressive. A lot of people could jump over a car like that in the NBA. I'm like, I know, but it's about the presentation, the pizzazz, the panache. You know what I mean? He had the cape. Or I don't know if he had the cape, but he had the choir singing, I believe I can fly. You wheel out the car all cool. You know, like I like the theatricality. I know this sounds like you know professional wrestling type of rhetoric, but that's just my my vibe on these things, particularly because the season is so long. So play one Japan, I think that would be rad. We already had the London one, Mexico City. You know, if you I think they had actually, I think they won they played one in Cuba not too long ago. Uh, like as in celebration of kind of like that ending the that between the United States and them. I think they had that it wasn't anything like giantly special for it. And they've played it a couple times in Puerto Rico. I remember that a lot because Francisco Lindor from Puerto Rico hit a home run in that game. That was really cool. Um, and I think a lot of people are also going to agree because we just saw the energy of international baseball with the world baseball classic. So try and do different things. I think it'd be cool, even if it's not, you know, is it going to matter as much for the final standings? No, of course not, because it's one or two games, right? But is it cool? Will you remember it? Yeah, I'll remember it. I'll remember Kevin Costner walking out of the cornfield, and I'm like, I don't even love this movie that much, but I'm still watching this, you know what I mean? So I, I think that that's where baseball, I, I wish they could go in that direction, although I'm sure that there are some ways that that gets a, a little complicated. But hopefully down the line, we get it. And I think that they announced already who is going to be in the next one. I forgot who it was. I don't have it in front of me. It's going to be Colorado against Houston. All right. <laughs> so On poor that Rocky's note, pictures, man. about the series from a really interesting perspective now that we know the matchup next year. Uh, does it matter for contenders to, to not want to play in these series? We'll talk about that coming up. But first... I want to tell you right now, but a good friends over at Rocket Money, folks, because you can try it for free for 30 days. It's just enough time to try it and then go in and, and, and see what it's like. That's the hook for most advertisers to you is that you can just try it out, see if you like it. Boom. 
30 days passes by, boom, you forget about it, and boom, you're stuck paying for a product that you do not want or need. That's where Rocket Money comes in, formerly known as Truebill. A Rocket Money can help you clean up your subscription services and, and, and save you money. You can cancel your unwanted subscriptions uh, and, and uh, memberships uh, and monetary spending and lower your bills all in one place. So go there right now to Rocket Money. It's a personal finance app that helps you control your finances. Over 80% of people have subscribed and forgot about uh, the chances uh, that you are one of them is large. Uh, like maybe the stars app, just, just to watch one show, you download the app, mm -hmm. try the app for free and you, and you didn't like anything else in the program, watched your one show and forgot you even subscribed to it. Folks, mm -hmm. you can go take care of it. A big one for me was like, was it called Tubi that had a Clippers documentary on there? Mm -hmm. I forgot I even logged into it and, and I had to get that nipped in the bud with our good friends. Uh, rocket money. So check it out today. Uh, stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your uh, experiences and your, your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. We're back on the Lockdown Royals Padres crossover podcast. Javi, we know next year's matchup in Mexico City it is the Astros against the Rockies. The Rockies do not project to be contending next year, but the Astros do. I know it's only two games, three games, whatever. That's fine. But whenever it is so random and like you can just flick your wrist and hit a home run and score 20 runs, does it matter for contending teams? Like as a host of a contending team, did, was there any thought in the back of your mind that was like, you know, if this division comes down to one game and we lose this game 14 to 10 because no one can freaking stop hitting home runs, like that's going to really suck. Like, does, did that even cross your mind? No. And I think that I'm starting to really believe that stuff like that, where it's like, oh, well, every game counts the same. I know. But let's just all remove numbers for a second, remove stats, remove your empirical thinking helmets for a little bit. And fundamentally, when we, this is a little bit of a stretch, again, a stretch of a reference, but. It's kind of like the and and you're gonna get mad, but I'm not even if it's a correct call, we all just fundamentally agree that the Super Bowl, even if it was a correct call, I, I don't know if it was. I don't really know what to be honest what the holding is anymore. That's that's my hottest stick. I don't know what's a hold I don't know what a penalty is anymore. Football. I just don't. But just if that happens early on in the game, everyone, let's be honest, we're we're not nearly as mad. And it's like, well, if that it counts the same, I know, but just fundamentally at the end, it annoys us, right? Like we don't like seeing things ended that way. So I think that the Mexico city series being early actually kind of changes our kind of vibe on it. And my thing is we don't get to, if the Padres lose, say they, they lost 18 to 10 or whatever in these two games and they lost and you don't get to then say like at the end of the year, because we lost two games. Doesn't it sound weird? When you talk about it that way, when you're like, man, it's those two games back in April that doomed us. We missed the playoffs by two games. If MLB, well, maybe if you beat the Rockies a couple times, maybe if you beat this team a couple more times, then that would not have even mattered. So that's my perspective on it. But if it was later in the season and we're like in the heat of it, it's on everyone's minds. I know everyone likes to pretend that players are robots, but they think about these things, in my opinion, a lot more as things get down to the wire when there's three weeks left and you're two games back. And then it's like, uh oh, you got to play in Mexico City and your bullpen's weak and all that stuff. I think that that makes infinitely more 
of a difference. And that's why I say like with the Super Bowl thing where I'm like, yeah, if it happened early on in the game, I don't as much care. I don't care. I don't care if that's not consistent. I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't whatsoever. I think that we all have to just take into account feelings and emotions as humans. And if it was at the end of the season, I'd be upset. And the, the bonus or negative affects both teams. This is not just a Padres thing. It is not just a, uh, in this case, Giants thing. It goes for both teams and they got the best of it this time. And if everyone wants to complain, I just think it comes off as like when people blame the umpires on a bad call in the ninth inning sometimes. Well, you had all the previous innings. Sometimes. Sometimes I also look at it and I'm like, all right, that was a little wild. But if you, if you play like crap, you can't just find and go back to, well, the fourth inning was a bad call. So what, man? Come on. These these things are – it's sports. That's just kind of the part – the way of life for things out here, if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. It's the way of life. And uh, speaking of the way of life, it seems like the way of life for Jacob DeGrom is always getting hurt. And he's once yeah. again found himself on the I.L. And <sighs> Bryce Patrick of Lockdown Rangers is, has been pounding his drum about spending money and, and you might as well go mm-hmm. spend money and everything else. But money is not for your franchise, but for our franchise, hard to, hard to come by. Uh, mm-hmm. Does this change anything for you of like, okay, we knew he had a rap sheet of injuries coming in, mm-hmm. still gave him a contract, thought, thought, you know, maybe it was bad luck. Maybe it was, the, maybe it was the, the medical staff. Maybe it was this or that usage, whatever. And he's still getting hurt every single start. And now he's found himself on the IL. Does that change to you the marketplace for like the next time a big arm comes on the market who maybe has a history of, of a few arm injuries? I think that fundamentally what I want to get across when I talk about spending money is I'm not talking about every team should be going out and signing Xander Bogarts, but more those middle tiers. There's no way it makes sense that the Baltimore Orioles, who are, by the way, pretty good this year, that they went out and were like, we'll only bring in Kyle Gibson. And that our opening day starter has like an ERA of five. Like that to me is the issue. I'm not saying you had to go out and sign Rodon, but you're telling me you couldn't maybe make a run at Eovaldi. You guys have a good team. You can't make a run for a guy like that. You can't make a run for those middle tier pitchers, especially since you don't really have anyone else in the case of the Orioles, aside from Grayson Rodriguez coming up in your farm system. That to me is the issue. But when it comes to these longer term deals, I actually think that, yeah, evaluating long term free agents is, is a totally fine thing to do. It should be remembered that overall, who wins the World Series are the teams that do spend money, with the exception of your team sometimes, right? Just, just the, the cosmic madness of the Kansas City Royals just going off on everybody and our former first baseman, Eric Hosmer. Um, that for the most part, you, you do have to take those chances, right? It's similar, say, um, I know people, you know, football discourse was a thing this week with Lamar Jackson and oh, he's getting paid and well, he's getting paid so much. It hurts the rest of our team. Well, you know, what's even harder to do. It's harder to win when you don't have the quarterback. You know what I mean? So yes, it's unfortunate, but that's just kind of occupational hazard where it comes with things. It's like, it's really hard when you spend on a risky player like that, but it's even harder if you never even spent in the first place is kind of where I come down on it. And with a player like DeGrom, I drafted him in one of my fantasy leagues purely just because I thought it would be fun and it wasn't a, a league that was for money. I have him and Max Scherzer <clears throat> and Tristan McKenzie. So if people want to take a guess as to my record in my league, I am more I welcome you to it. I'm, I'm sure it must be very hard uh, to guess that. But uh, for me, there were a lot of warning signs with him, man. So while Mr. Bryce Patrick would, was, would yell at everyone and say, whatever, we spent 
His he's Jacob Degrom. Well, I think that there are actually a lot of red flags for a guy who has essentially been like the Anthony Davis of pitchers uh, in baseball for a while. Byron Buxton being the one for position players, but he's basically been Anthony Davis, and it's really sad with the inflammation stuff. And it's like it's you don't want to say those words of the specific surgery, but that's kind of where they're at. So I would say this should be a warning for teams on the big guys, but in general, do not let people convince you that this is a reason to do what teams like the Orioles and the Brewers do. You know what I mean? You should still spend, but you gotta be a little careful about it. You know what I mean? You gotta be a little careful, but go for those middle tier guys. I'm telling you, that's something every team should be doing every year. So I, I, I think that this is only a bad move for certain franchises, like you were alluding to, like like for the Royals, if the Royals did this after knowing all the red flags and then he got hurt, yeah, that sucks because you know that's going to hinder you from making any other significant contract move. You made your one big move, you bet on a guy with injury issues, and he got hurt. For a team like the Rangers and in order like the like the Mets have and in order like the Padres have that have proven, hey, we're just going to keep spending money. Like we don't care. Like we're just going to keep spending money and just that's the, that's the risk you take whenever you whenever you sign Verlander, whenever you sign Degrom. We understand the risk and we're accountable for it. And and if he gets hurt, that is it's not going to be like, oh, then we're never going to sign a free agent again. If the Royals for the first time in franchise history decided to give out a contract of that size, in which they've never done in their entire history, their entire franchise, they've never given out a contract of that caliber. If if they decided to do that and he got hurt, the Royals would never once open their pocketbook ever again. <laughs> like ever. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. And and so and so for them, it doesn't make any sense to do it. But if you're a team who can t- afford the risk and not let it scare you for the future, you absolutely do it. Because like you said, it is harder to win without Jacob DeGrom than with Jacob DeGrom. And if you can patchwork your way through a season and make him health- healthy for the postseason, you're asking for a month of health. And and even though it's an expensive month, you take you take advantage of that month. So um, I'm all for it, even though it, even though it does look bad right now on, on the surface. And, and I say that again, only for a certain franchise, like, like this contract, even if DeGrom ends up being terrible for the last few years of it, that's not going to be the reason why the Rangers don't go out there and sign another, another pitcher, another player, another guy to bolster their roster. They're not going to let this, this hamper them. And since they're not going to let it hamper them. Okay. It's not your yeah. money. And the, and the owner wants to spend it, go for it, go do it. Uh, but like for most franchises, they don't have that luxury of like getting to throw it away pretty much. Yeah. I agree. Now, Javi, Coming up, let's talk about who's been surging and who's the darlings that are mm. not going to be darlings for long. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for for playing the beginning of Thriller uh, over the podcast. <laughs> I hope that we're not going to get copyright struck for that. Mm-hmm. But Javi, before we do that, why don't you tell us about our good friends over at So Rare? Oh, So Rare. You love the folks at So Rare. The, the basic kind of summary... First of all, spelled S-O-S-O-R-A-R-E.com. Go check that out, slash LockdownMLB, for a nice little bonus for you. And also, Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, Brand Ambassadors. I mean, you got to check out whatever those two are into. Although, I will admit, Soto, maybe Padres fans are like, no! (laughs) But he actually had a good weekend series. But still, uh, check that out. It's really cool. It's basically trading cards meets fantasy. That's the best way. I could use to describe it. It's really cool. You collect different versions of players. You collect different rarities of players and you kind of have these like three to five day um, uh, matchups, I should say. And you, you, you set your lineup like a couple times. So it's not something that's like an everyday grind the same way uh, a regular fantasy baseball league. So it's got that part and it's got like the trading card aspect that I think 
just regular collectors like your Bowman box breaks. I'm not a big, I don't know how that, that world works, but that's kind of uh, what they do over at So Rare. Rylan, are you a fan? I'm a big fan of So Rare. Many people have called me a big So Rare guy. Like, that's been really <laughs> a label that I've been gifted um, by many people. So, So Rare is great. Go check it out today. So Rare, uh, Javi, give them where they can find that again. You were so elegant when doing it. So rare, S O R A R E dot com, locked on MLB. Uh, or it's just, I think it's just locked on. My, my apologies. Uh, check that out for your little bonuses and whatnot, just for listening to me and Ryland do our evil laughs and what have you. Again, it's basically digital trading cards meets, meets fantasy, and it's really cool and it's fun to open cards and see how things go. I know I've been getting on the grind myself. Hopefully, I will get my beloved. Luis Campuzano soon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, the Campuzano hive, we stand strong through the thick and thin, even though he's on the IL right now. We're back on the Lockdown Royals Padres crossover podcast. Javi, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where do we want to start? Let's start with this power ranking time. We do this every week. Mm-hmm. This is from the initial onset uh, from opening day of what our power rankings were. We had the Braves one, Padres two. Astros three, Mets four, Dodgers five, Yankees six, Phillies seven, Blue Jays eight, Mariners nine, Guardians 10. That's the top 10. The Royals were 24th ahead of the Pirates, Reds, Rockies, Tigers, Athletics, and Nationals. Javi, my Texas Rangers are a top <laughs> 10 team in baseball. Yes or no? Um, oof. It does need to be brought up that we just, just talk about Jacob deGrom being hurt and that that's a big minus for this team, but they haven't just been that run differential of plus 61. It's the second best next to the Rays. I think we mentioned that last week. They've been clobbering teams and they've been playing good baseball and they have star level players and they're kind of tertiary bench. People are, are kind of behind them. So I still think it's possible. They slip out of the 10. Maybe I'm, I'm going to say like 11 or 12. If this DeGrom injury is really serious, um, just in terms of a team, you know, heading down the line when they play better teams down the road, potentially as a full contender. But it's definitely fair to put them in the top 10. I, I like what I've seen from Nate Evaldi, who I mentioned before in the previous segment. Um, Martin Perez can still give you some good quality starts every now and then. And even the Heen dog. I know his ERA isn't the best, but OK pitcher to have. And I'm bringing up these names just because for so long the Rangers had next to nothing when it came to pitching. So those guys are like a huge plus for them. And then their offense has been really solid. Um, I mean, just in terms of right now, batting average, they're seventh on base percentage, fourth and runs. They are second home runs, sixth and slugging percentage, fifth. They've been phenomenal basically across the board. So while the ground injury stinks, I think you got to at least put them in the top 10 for now. I, I think that you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Give me a second. Okay, okay. okay. Go ahead, go ahead. Right. Now, we talked about fantasy baseball earlier. I need mm. to go check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball every day because I'm 0-4. I am 0-4, Javi, in the <laughs> league. It's brutal. It is brutal out here, dude. Um, Ooh, doctor, you're getting killed now. Surprisingly, not because I invested in the White Sox in fantasy the way that I did on this podcast, my sweet prince, Pedro Grafal, is falling down on the job. What are we oh, doing? No. What are oh, the White Sox no. doing? Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. Unbelievable stuff, man. But yeah, uh, for those who are wondering why I did my evil laugh before, it's because after week one, you know, I said, uh, I don't know. The White Sox are a hard team for me to read. 
I feel like everything has gone wrong for them, which makes me think, hey, maybe some things will go right. But I was I was a I was afraid to rank them anywhere. So I just say keep them at 16. And Rylan went on his little, you know, soapbox, started saying, I, I, I believe I think that this White Sox, uh, the win over the Astros was huge. I think they've got MVP players. And then this past weekend, Rylan, this past weekend. <laughs> what happened? They're winning three nothing against the Rays. No hitting them into the sixth inning. And by the end of the sixth inning, it was 10-3 in favor of the Tampa Bay Rays. And their player, Luis Robert, doesn't want to hustle, apparently. Didn't run out a ground ball. And then there was also a blooper in the outfield. Just really rough stuff all around. I think it's worth talking about on this pod as well. You know why I want to talk about the White Sox especially? Keep an eye, everybody. I think it's not entire. I think it's very possible that this team hits the blow-up button. I think Tim Anderson is going to be a popular name at the deadline. I think it's totally possible that they're like Luis Robert, you know, all these guys, Lance Lynn. I think the only one that might stay is Dylan Cease because he's a little bit younger and he doesn't have that giant contract yet. But otherwise, and, and maybe Andrew Benatendi because they did literally just sign him this offseason. So uh, especially for Padres fans, keep an eye on the White Sox. Look at all the rumors because I think they have some players that could really help out and would be big for the team. So that should be interesting. Um, Ryan, what are impressions do you have from the power rankings and the weekend so baseball. I, I, uh, I, I need you to jump in on this because I kind of sideswiped them at the end of the last week's pod. Mm-hmm. And I maybe did it unfairly because they keep winning. Mm-hmm. Are the Pirates for real? Because I'm on record saying no, and I still think that it's no. But what do you think? <sighs> it's still really tough with that rotation for me to be fully in on everything they're doing. But I think that for the past few years, people have associated them with mediocrity. I bring up the Javi Baez thing. Uh, a lot because that was the perfect microcosm of what's been like watching that pirates team. But I just like the players that they have. And I think that they've slowly accumulated over the years, like some decent players. Plus you brought in Andrew McCutcheon back. G1 Bay has been pretty good for them. Jack Swinsky, <clears throat> former Padre, uh, you know, Brian Hayes at the minimum is playing great defense. And Brian Reynolds is like a, a, one of a top five outfielder in the NL this year. So I, I really think that, they have stuff for once. And then not to mention if they get O'Neill Cruz back, that's another player for them. And, you know, Carlos Santana can put together some good at bats. I think it's legit in the sense that they can at least, they're not an embarrassment anymore. That's my only perspective on the pirates. They do not belong in that bottom tier. Um, I think that they should be above the Royals, above the Marlins, above the Red Sox, teams like that above the giants, right. Um, Above the white Sox. Certainly we just talked about them and probably above a team like the angels. I just think that fundamentally, you're starting to see the fruits of your labor um, come to patch, whatever the phrase is. I don't entirely know. But, uh, yeah, I think that they're they're legit in that sense. I don't think that they're necessarily a playoff team, though. I need to see a little bit more. So, yeah, that's what I mean by, like, they're legit in, in the sense that they're no longer a bottom feeder, worst in baseball, embarrassing laughingstock. But I think that the ceiling, like the absolute ceiling on this team would be, like, last year's Orioles team that, like, we thought was going to be terrible, but then they ended up 500. Like they, they might be able to finish 500 on the year, but I think that this is just an incredibly hot stretch for the Pirates right now, which is fun. And I would give anything for the Royals to have a stretch like this. But but I remember when they did, way back when, ha- were the best team after April in all of baseball, and then they still lost 100 games. So every team's going to go through a hot stretch, and it's, it's, it's kind of how sustainable is it. I think that it would be at best sustainable enough to be, um, you know, a 500 team, but more likely you're going to finish a below 500 again, but still significant improvement from where it was a year ago. 
and significant improvement from where we thought it would be this year. So that's awesome and, and celebrate it. And, and I'm so happy that uh, uh, our good friend Ethan is, is excited on Locked On Pirates, but not the playoffs yet. Not yet. You're not there yet. Now, Javi, the last question I have for you today is running a bit long. Sorry. <laughs> what team is going to be this year's Memphis Grizzlies in baseball? Now, here's here's a story for Memphis. Last year, they were the lovable team that everyone was excited about. They had John Morant. They had the dunks. They had everything. And then they got into some off-the-court trouble. And then after that, they got into some drama on the court. And then they became one of the most hated teams in all of basketball. What team, Javi, do we love right now, but by the postseason or by next year, we're going to absolutely despise, except for the fans of that team, obviously? This is tough. This is really tough. I would have said years ago that a team that, like, not even years ago, but I'm just saying the White Sox, you know, two years or so ago, maybe 2021, were at that really high you know, uh, fun ranking. They bring in a bunch of guys at the deadline. They, they just have a really electric, fun team. People like Liam Hendricks, right? But then they fall off and then they start playing well. So people start hating them. I think in terms of teams overall, it is hard in baseball because you don't get the same level of villainy rarely. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody hates the Dodgers. They're villains. Same thing for the Yankees. They're villains. The Phillies, I think, are always in play just because of that obnoxious fan base, although not as much in baseball. I think the Mariners, I think the Mariners is my pick. I think that it's possible that we get a lot of just that, but they're also really not great. I don't know, man. This is, it's hard. I think that absent, maybe the Rangers, maybe, you know, I I don't know though, because I remember the last time the Rangers were good. They had that complaining with Bautista in the playoffs. And even though they ignored the fact that they made like three errors that inning and that's why they lost, but I don't know, man. I, I need I need a little bit of your help on this one. So my brain jumped to two different places immediately. Okay. Um, I love <laughs> I, I love the Mariners pick from you. I think mm. that the Mariners, like they were a fun story last year. Oh, they broke the curse. Oh, goodness. So cool. So cool. But then their fans got so obnoxious about it. And mm. like they're mm. struggling mm. this year. And their fans are like, oh, but don't worry. We actually spent some money. Ty Dan Gonzalez, one yeah, of the biggest they're, they're divas. So annoying, so annoying, dude. One of the biggest divas, yeah. Their fans got so annoying. And Ty and them are great. But their fans got so annoying about it. Like like as if they had arrived for making a playoff series. Yeah. And um, so I think that like like they, went, they go from like a cool story in baseball to shut up already. Which is kind <laughs> of the story of Memphis. Like without all the drama off the, off the field. Um, but my other one. And I need your head. And I'm going to spin it back on you for your help. Mm-hmm. As a fan of a non-contending team that can just sit back and not really, not really get worried about the landscape of baseball right now at mm-hmm. the top. My perception of the Mets are, well, this is pretty cool. Like their owner came in, Ooh. busting down the door. He's going to buy up all the talent, Ooh. buy up all the players, buy everything up. Wow. We, we've been begging and pleading for MLB owners to care and to want mm-hmm. to have passion about the sport with other owners do in other sports, we finally get one in our sport and he's just going all in. I want my owner to be just like him. But once things click and they actually start to win like significant games and significant moments, I think that we're going to see it turn from excitement of like, wow, I wish my owner was like that to jealousy. This is good. This isn't, oh, this is a spicy pick from you. This is what, take off the power ranking graphic. I need to see you. I need to see you. Yeah, look at him. I see it. I see the spice. Not bad. 
I think that you could argue maybe if they start losing, maybe the players get a little bit crazy because they've got a lot of personalities on that team. You had the Scherzer incident, right? Maybe that's something that people find really unlikable. Uh, but it, it, it's still a little bit tricky because I – and this might just be a me thing because of Lindor, but that that's an interesting pick. Um, and, and there's a lot of different reasons. I would argue that the Angels – I, they haven't been the good level. Like Memphis Grizzlies have act, were actually like good in the regular season, but I'm wondering if people are just going to get mad, <laughs> like actively get really mad at the Angels, where they're like, "You got to be kidding me! You guys, we were kind of joking, but you really did waste the two best players of the generation. Like we're just going to be like, you know, what, screw you, trade him at the death. That might happen, right? Where people are going to be mad if you don't just trade him at the deadline because people want to see him uh, Otani, of course, being like a winning scenario. So I could see that. Atlanta Braves for an off-field thing. Marcelo Zuna, the fact that he's still being, he's just playing, and he's also Mick Trash, by the way, like ultra mega trash. Like one, I'm not just exaggerating. Like Eric Hosmer, but worse levels of play. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Marcelo Zuna is terrible. Um, so it makes you wonder why are they doing so much to kind of just excuse what he's done. Everyone, feel free to look that up. Uh, so I think those are the picks, but I think. So what we what are, what are we saying? Mariners, Mets, Angels in a weird way, Braves I, a I, tiny bit. Okay, now that we've said it all out there, I like your Braves pick because when they won, people didn't like hate them. Like when the Astros won, even before the cheating stuff, people were like, oh, I can't stand this team. Like they they beat mm-hmm. my team and I and I, I don't want to be good and they're good and they tanked and like how how dare they? When the Braves won, people were just like, okay, Braves won. They won a World Series. That's cool. They win again. Mm-hmm. And to get mm. there, they're going to have to beat some of the same teams that they beat to get there the first time. Mm. And they have the off the field stuff. And their fans are, are a kind of historic fans. Like, like the, it's a historic brand in baseball, but they're also obnoxious once they start to get rolling here and they're going to be talking dynasty. They're going to be talking just like the nineties, blah, 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 blah. They're talking all that stuff. I like the Braves. I like the Braves to settle there. Braves are Mariners for me. That's a good one. Their fans also get mad if other people get mad at the chop, which I think is hilarious that you think that you can, you know what I mean? Like, Bingo. what are you doing? Like, Bingo. that's always been a thing. Why are, Why do y'all get to decide? You know what I mean? If it's offensive, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. But uh, I don't know. I But it is tough because Acuna and all the pitchers they have on that team are really cool. So there is still a lot of likable players on the team. It's tough. It's tough. This is going to be fun, though. I think halfway through the year, we'll get a little bit more of our perspective. But I think as a hipster one, uh, Angels would be funny. <laughs> I think people are just going to hate the Angels. So Rendon's incident, right? And he's still not performing up to what he should be. And he's healthy now. It's like maybe Rendon and the lack of uh, any winning uh, with Otani, maybe maybe that'll do it. I don't know. That should be a fun one to watch, though. I'm excited to see how we, we got to do an update on this. Like throughout, I don't think this should just be a one-type segment. I think uh, we're, we're, okay, okay, on. okay, okay. First, first weekend mm. that we're going to track this. Who, who do you think is the most lovable team right now and hateable team right now? Astros hateable, obviously, but who's uh-huh. the most lovable? Lovable right now, I would say, goes to the Orioles. I think. I think it's Orioles, and most hateable right now, I think. Oof. Oh, man, I mean, I mean, tough. you you tell me. You're you're in a lot of these circles. Is, is the have the Astros? Are they no longer the undisputed? I don't feel it anymore. Like, most hated. I don't feel it anymore. And this is just again, we're just like tracking based off of the circles we're in. Could be bubbles, but I really felt like a lot ended post that World Series win. 
I think a lot of their fans actually calmed down. Yeah, because like, what can you say? Like, their fans yeah. calmed down. They won without cheating. We think. What can you say? Like, it's over now. <laughs> yeah. So like, like they, they they've they've went and proved it, so to say. Not that they needed to, because they were like a historically great team, even with cheating. Uh, you know, even without cheating, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think I I guess I guess that puts it into perspective for me. So maybe there is a discussion. And, you know, the the A's might be there because like they're leaving. Everyone hates them, even nationally and locally. So, like, they're hated by every corner of the map right now. Uh, mm-hmm. And we kind of view it as, like, well, you set your fan base up to fail. What if that happened to our fan base? So, like, I think that the A's have a shot. But that's not really, like, yeah. hating a team. That's hating a person, which is the owner, and and yeah. by proxy hating the team. So, I guess maybe yeah. not. That's a good point. It's by proxy, though, with them. Yeah. I, I think that, but by proxy might still count enough for now. I think for okay. now, yeah, the okay. A's are like for this for this game. moment, and we'll update it next week. Yeah. So we'll let us that. know in the comments who do you think is the most hated team for you, Everydayers. We're gonna recap the series with Baltimore tomorrow. What do you got coming up on Lockdown uh, Padres? Lockdown Padres. I should be talking with Mr. Jeff Carr to recap this first game of, or hold on, it won't be actually because this will be. You've already done that. Comment. Yeah, I've already done that. So go go listen to that if you haven't already. Theater of the mind. Uh, how did how did I know he's already done that? Yeah. yeah no. Whoa. Um, uh, and then, uh, you should look forward to, I'm going to be doing a recap of the series with my buddy, Clay Snowden, uh, of just baseball media, which should be a lot of fun, uh, recap the Red Series. He's a big fan. Yeah. So, uh, that should be a lot of fun and just enjoying the Padres vibes. Hopefully, hopefully they can, uh, start looking yeah, like the, if you pull the Rangers, like Bryce Paddock didn't get swept by the Reds. Yeah. Not an enjoyable vibe. Mm-hmm. It's a good point. It's a good point. Great point by me. Even. See you guys tomorrow.